Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed, and best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have David Richter back with us here today. David, really appreciate you uh, joining me. And uh, if you don't recall, head over back to episode 312. And David wrote a book focusing on the profit first, first method for real estate. And uh, we had a great conversation. This was, this was really interesting. And uh, David, I believe, was working with Mike Michalowicz at the time uh, regarding yep. that book. And, and has kind of adopted that method for real estate investors. And we're going to revisit some of that, but we're also going to revisit some of the information that you'll find at simplecfo.com, where he ha has a service for fractional CFO. And we're going to kind of dive a little bit into what that means. So, David, thanks for joining me here again oh, today. Thanks for having me back on, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here. So we talked a little bit about last time, and we focused primarily on the profit first method. But since then, I would love to hear some of the stories that have arose because, I mean, this, that was almost a year ago. And I'm going to guess you have quite the transformational stories around profit first. Yes, yes, indeed. So we've been working with lots of people and we help implement profit first. So there's been quite a few stories of people that actually set up the system and then I've gotten calls where this year specifically, I got a call back in June from one of the clients and they said, you know, set up the system, been with you guys for a long time and just want to let you know, I've basically funded my company from now to the end of the year. So like they, they had six, seven months of runway and filled up like to be able to pay themselves, to be able to pay the operations of the business pay their taxes, like they have a giving account. So they like fully funded their giving account as well too. So it's like stuff like that, that I get really excited about to hear that people are using it. And the longer they use it, the more they see the benefits of, oh man, you know, like now I've built this good habit. I'm seeing the compound effects of it. And now, you know, it's giving them a lot more clarity of what's mine, what's other people's, what am I making? What am I spending? Because that's what a lot of people struggle with you know, just because they don't, they don't, you want to do the deals. We, I get that. You want to be out there hustling, doing the marketing, the sales, getting the deals in under contract. And that's where we want to make sure that you know what you're making and spending and keeping, you know, so that was one really awesome one as well. We've had multiple people say that the tax account has saved their heinies, like making sure that they have a tax bank account open so that from every deal, they're stuffing a little bit in there to make sure they can pay taxes at tax time. So they don't have to worry about that. It's been like something that hangs over their head throughout the year. And this is now like taking that stress completely off their plate or like when the tax person tells them like, this is how much you owe. They actually have the money there and they're not like, Oh shoot, what am I going to do right now? I've had multiple calls over this year, you know, like with people like that. And then just being able to see the actual clarity of what I'm making, keeping and spending that that's one of the things too, that it's a whole mindset that you're gaining. You're not just gaining uh, a system, you're gaining a way of thinking and a habit that makes you internally wealthy. 
You know, like I now have this. So even if the market were to completely tank or if I were going to go through this, you know, horrible upside down thing in my personal life or whatever it might be, they know that what they're getting is not just this a system or a hack or whatever. They're getting something that will serve them for the rest of their life as a habit, as a good, as a thing for good business, you know, as an item and an opportunity for them to continue to grow and to see how this is good for them. So we've had a lot of different people that we've worked with that has shared those different types of stories. And those are the, like the specific type of ones that we've heard over the last, you know, six months where I get the calls personally, I have a pretty big team now, but these are the ones where I get the calls and like what the system is doing for some of these people. Yeah, this, this is such a great method. And, and, uh, if you're not familiar with profit first, you know, and David, you can correct me if I'm wrong because, but, but I've actually implemented some of this in my personal life, like even on a personal level, it just really makes sense because I found that, uh, most companies and most people for that matter, kind of run our lives by the, the amount in that checking account yeah, and to making things just a little harder to get to, to, you know, so I, I deliberately set money aside for in the real estate investing world, for example, I have a, an account for your taxes, an account for your, but more importantly, there's an account for your profit and you setting that money aside ahead of time into an account that isn't being used for those everyday transactions. It, it sounds like it's complicated, but once you get into the habit of it, it's, it's like life changing. Right. And at the end of the day, it's not complicated. Like we know what to do as humans and why do so many people go through the stress when they become a business owner or real estate investor of like, what am I making? What am I spending? What's my money? When it comes down to what you're just saying there, a lot of people don't have any education on the personal finance part of life. Then they jump into real estate investing and entrepreneurship and think like, oh, everything's going to be great. I'll just make so much money. It doesn't matter. But then they're not, then they're managing the money in the business the same as personal. And it's like, oh man, this is not, you know, maybe they might have some bad habits or some bad mindsets or something that they brought from the personal life over to business. Then they're wondering where, what, why aren't I making more? Why aren't I keeping more of what I'm actually making? When most people, the core problem is something that we all know. It's like we just spend more than what we're making. You know, like that's at the end of the day, even on a flip, you get a flip in and you go over budget. That extra money has to come from somewhere, from your OPEX. Like you have to borrow more money, like from a lender or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like that's one of the things that trips us up as real estate investors or business owners. We think like, becoming a business owner, you're going to just automatically have less money problems or it's going to be different. I'm going to have so much money. I'm not going to know what to do with it. Then when you start making more and more and more, but you're in the habit of spending, 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 or not watching where it's going, or, you know, like some of the bad habits that we can be in, then we don't know how to correct that and become more confident in ourselves and in how we handle that money. So it's like, oh shoot, you know, like, now I'm now it's not just on the personal finance scale. Now I've do, done a bunch of properties or I've built a million dollar business and now I'm just adding zeros to my problems now. You know, I thought growth was going to be the answer, but if you grow cancer, the tumor grows. So it's like this is just bad. Like I don't like the way the way that this company is going. Then you get burned out. You're not paying yourself. You're not doing the things that in you know, invigorate you as a business owner. They're not motivating you. They're not 
making you think that it was worth it. You know, like, why did you start your business? So that's one of the big things that with Profit First, if you've never heard about it, go back to that episode, listen to it. Like I give the core foundation, but one of it is, you know, making sure you're setting up multiple bank accounts that serve the purpose of your business and of your life. So in your personal life, like Jack was saying, like set up a different account that you're, so that way for every dollar that comes in, you're at least putting something away for Mm -hmm. your freedom. Like I like to call that account for personal life. If you haven't done something like this, call it the freedom account. Like start putting money away that you're not touching, that you're not spending. So you're not spending a hundred or 150% of what you're bringing in. So that way you can prove to yourself, like I can do this. I can make the money, I can spend it, but then I can also make sure I'm not spending every single dollar that comes in. If you do that in your personal life first, it becomes a whole lot easier when you get into business to be like, okay, I'm separating out these bank accounts. I'm making sure that I have actual profitability, that I'm paying myself. So that's where the Profit First system says, here's some bank accounts you should have set up as a business owner that are focused on you and the health of you and the company. So that's the whole concept behind it. And you know, a lot of those personal habits can come into the the business side as well, too. Mm-hmm. Well, when we uh, started doing it, it, it was like one of those things where if, you know, we you always have people who are saying that they don't have the money for a vacation or they don't have money to to deal with some dental care for your, for your kid. I, I, right. That comes to mind right now because I have that coming up for one of my kids. You know, if if you start setting those things aside in their separate accounts and and squirrel a little bit away, and you'll be surprised how little of an impact that makes to your day to day life, but it makes such a huge difference in the in the end when you need those things. And and most people are familiar with this to a certain extent, right. whether they realize it or not. We already squirrel away money in your four hundred one k or what have you. It's that's the perfect example of what we're talking about here is you put that money away. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. And then it's there when you need it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good concept to point out that if you're thinking about getting into real estate investing and you have a W2 job and they're already taking money out for your 401k or you don't, you know, you get your net pay, you know, the government's already taken out the taxes. Well, when you become a business owner and you start getting money in, you get to say what is the first things that I'm going to contribute to. And you get to say, okay, there's pro- I want to be profitable. So like every dollar that comes in, I'm going to portion off a percentage to this profit account. The taxes as well too. Like since no one's taking this out, you know, like and paying for my taxes, I need to make sure that I have a tax account so that way it doesn't come up and bite me in the butt when it does, you know, like next year. So that's where you get to set those things. So in your personal life, if you have like one of those jobs that already takes money out, it's the same exact type of concept, but setting it up for your business. And you'll see it is that compound effect that if you start it small, like when you first start out with your first property, then when you fire, you know, then when you get 10, 20, 30 properties or you're flipping or you're wholesaling and you're, you're getting into the higher numbers because now you're transitioning maybe from W2 to a full-time real estate investing. If you have that habit from the beginning and those good, you know, that system right from the start, you'll see the compounding growth of not only the deals you're doing, but like the health of the company and the profitability of it as well too, because now you have something that's serving you just like 
the government's taking it out of your paycheck right now or your 401k. Like they're trying to to protect that money from you. It's almost like we need that in our businesses as well, too, when we first start those. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are going to think that we're talking about when we say real estate investing, we might be talking about rental property. And I wanted to take it to uh, fix and flick, flipping and, and a little wholesaling as well, because yeah. what I've, I what I wanted to stress here is that I've found that it really makes a difference when it comes to flipping a house. If we set the money aside in a separate account and, and actually budget it out, if for some reason, when it's in that bank account, the decisions have changed, yeah. like, you know, versus it being a line item on a spreadsheet, if we're we just naturally manage by that checking account. So if I put that amount in that account to budget out of, we seem to make wiser choices when we're doing any kind of house flipping. Exactly. It's like, it's like if you were to take cash out and have cash in your pocket versus just having your debit card or credit card in your pocket. Like if you have your cat, if you have a hundred bucks cash in your pocket and you say, I'm only going to spend a hundred bucks, then it's it's usually pretty easy to just spend the hundred dollars, and you're like very meticulous when it starts getting to like sixty, forty, twenty, you know, on like whatever you're spending that on. But like if you have your debit or credit card, it's not as much as a, an emotional connection there. You don't see the money going out. It's just line. It's just numbers somewhere, and you're like it'll all work out in the end. And then you're like, oh my gosh. A month later, you're like, I spent $500 that day. Like, what did I do? You know, so that's where it's the same concept here. It's very easy to just when it's a line item in some far, you know, made up spreadsheet or like in, you know, like as something that you can't physically see of like money in a bank account, then it is easier for it to just go out the door and make those decisions versus, well, I see the money in this account and it keeps going down and like we have to make sure we're making the best decisions for the company and that we're actually being a profitable and a you know a, a well-run company and make sure that we're paying ourselves and like now I don't have to guess what's mine what other people's or like what's mine and like what's to run the company it's making sure you have that very clear and if you do it from the bank account level that's what's so awesome about the system is that I'm not trying to teach you something like profit and losses, balance sheets, or any of the accounting mumbo jumbo. This is like how to make sure the cash that you're going to have flowing through your hands is put in the proper place and that you have control over it versus just having it be like, oh, on the spreadsheet, it seemed like it came out or like this is where I'm putting the money and not having any, any plan whatsoever with it. This is giving you something because I promise you, you're going to, if, even if you haven't started out, you know, like in real estate investing or in as a business owner, you'll look at your bank accounts more than you will your financial statements or like your financial software or anything like that. So it's like leverage what we're going to be doing as a business owner and making sure that those are those habits and systems are serving you, especially on the financial end. So you have money at the end of the day. You are able to feel the financial freedom of why you started whatever it is that you did. Earlier, when we started chatting, you mentioned that your your team has grown considerably over the past yeah. year. How has that progressed, and what strategies did you use in in building that team? Yeah, so we have a fractional CFO firm, which is fractional or part time chief financial officer for small businesses, and it's grown because so many people have realized, like, I know what a bookkeeper is, or an accountant, or a CPA. 
and they know they need those in their life, but usually the bookkeeper CPA person doesn't know how to talk to the entrepreneur. They don't know the entrepreneur doesn't know how to manage the bookkeeper or CPA or like what they should be asking them. So we've grown because we come in and fill that gap of here's a financial leader on your team that's going to drive your bookkeeping, that's going to drive you getting your taxes done, that's going to drive all these different pieces in your business, implement profit first so you actually have cash at the end of the day. So that's where it's just grown a lot organically. Like just me speaking on podcasts like this or speaking out at different events of like, you know you're going to need a bookkeeper or CPA. You might as well have someone that's going to make sure they're not, number one, ripping you off, and number two, that they're putting their efforts to be able to give us the numbers to make the best decisions possible for the business. So that's where we've grown. And then, honestly, there's a lot of good people in my network. We are, we're constantly getting CFOs on the team. We've got about 25 to 30 right now on the Simple CFO team because we have a lot of people coming in as clients, and we've got a lot of people that want to help business owners, but not in the typical way of what you think in the financial world, like bookkeeper or CPA. They want to actually say, this is how you make more money. This is a process. Here's our dashboard to like manage the numbers for you. So we'll make sure that you're moving in the direction you want to go. So that's how it's grown is people are hungry for this, but they haven't had someone that's been able to clearly explain what's really going on and speak that language of the entrepreneur in the finance world. Then it just on the other side, like helping the people that want to help those people, you know, that want to help the real estate investors and want to help those clients grow and expand and do those things. There's a lot of people out there like that. So this is just an outlet for them where we teach them our whole system, our whole process. They're able to help people literally transform their personal and business lives with the the opportunities to make and keep more money. Do, are they employed by you then or are they, they entrepreneurs themselves? Yeah, a lot of them are employed by us or they work with us exclusively you know, to help the entrepreneurs that we work with. So that's where a lot of people come to us and they're like, hey, you know, I, want to, I want to transform lives. I want to do this. And we're good at getting the message out of like, here's profit first. Here's the system. Here's what we're about. So a lot of people are coming in our door. So yeah, we partner with a lot of those people that you know, that are on our team to be able to implement profit first and do the bookkeeping and do all that type of stuff. What kind of training do you put them through then? So we have the actual system we have is trainual and then we have modules for them. So like, here's, here's how to, you know, have an owner's compensation meeting with a client, like how you go in there and say, are you getting what you need from your business? what numbers would make you comfortable and make your spouse comfortable. You know, like we're getting from them and we're teaching them individual meetings we have with the owners that will help move the needle. We're teaching them the whole profit first system to make sure like, hey, do they know it? Even if they're already a profit first professional, you know, because you can get that designation. If they're a profit first professional, we're making sure like, do you know how to implement it with real estate investors? So that's where we're teaching them the system of like, what we do and how we present it to clients and what is important to move the needle and get results for the clients as well too. So with that, you know, outside of the profit first experience, what other type of guidance, you know, you mentioned taxes and and a few other things, what other type of guidance could somebody expect from? 
making sure the bookkeeping's getting done. So our CFOs won't do the bookkeeping, but we have bookkeeping teams, or if someone has a bookkeeper, that CFO should be managing that department or that section of that company to make sure that you're getting numbers at least by the 10th through from the 10th of the 15th of the following month. So that way we could go over the numbers. We know we can pull them. We can make sure that we're on track for the goals that you need. Then making sure that you have a good CPA, like we have those in our network as well too. So do you need someone who's in a specific sector or in the real estate world? Or, you know, do you need tax planning or just tax preparation? Because there's a big difference in the tax strategy versus just filling out forms to complete the taxes. So it's having the CFO there to be that one point of contact that knows how to speak entrepreneur, but also can turn around and make sure that the bookkeepers know what they're doing, the CPA, and they were all on the same page. So that's another thing they can expect. They can also expect like a dashboard that clearly lays out. Here's what you get money in. Here's what you should be put where you should be putting the money, like in the profit first system. So if you have the bank account set up, here's how you do that. We analyze the businesses from a profit first perspective. So seeing where your you know, sales are versus the cash that's in your accounts and like knowing how you're doing cash wise and cash flow wise. So that's another thing we set up too, is just making sure that they have a dashboard that clearly shows what are the KPIs I should be looking at, you know, from the profit standpoint, how should I run profit first? How is my company doing overall? What are the decisions I should make? We have like a marketing return on investment sheet in there too. Like what are the different channels that I'm using? What's most profitable? Where should I, what should I cut off? What should I invest in more? So that's what they should be looking for. And since it's a fractional CFO, how many business, small businesses are associated with each of your CFOs? So that really ranges. It depends on, because we have different tiers, because we want to work with people that that never thought they could afford a CFO ever in their life, that they could work with us. So we've got some smaller tiers where people are meeting like once a month with their CFO and like that CFO is still guiding, managing, bookkeeping. So that can keep the cost down a little bit. So we've got different tiers from our lowest tier to our like tier that's more of a, this person's almost on your team. So that's where they can expect that that CFO is going to be coming in either from once a month to once a week and helping to guide, you know, and direct them. And I think I lost the question. What was the original question as I was talking there? So, no, I was just trying to understand like how many small businesses oh, how many, are associated, you know, are because I can imagine that there's a lot of moving pieces here and it would eventually a CFO could be over overrun. Yeah. So a good CFO, if they, if they're on, if they've got a lot of the clients that are that first tier, because some of those first tier clients are only doing, you know, five, 10 deals a year. It's not, it's nothing crazy. So they can handle between five and 10. If they've got more of the upper tier clients where they're doing, you know, 10 deals a month, that's more like they can handle four to five of those types of clients. Because even even if it's that type of client that's doing a lot, the most that they're going to meet with them is usually once a week for a couple different reasons. Number one, we don't need to be being the owner over the head every day. Number two, the owner usually doesn't like meeting that much on the finances. So we don't try to, we're trying not to get them to have a bad taste in their mouth about the finances and actually listen to us when we meet with them. So that's where we can handle multiple people. And that's what fractional is all about, making sure that you're served at the level where you are because 90% of small businesses don't need a full-time CFO because you'd be paying them like $250,000 a year to sit there for 40 hours a week analyzing your business. Right. 
With uh, all that being said, do you have like a list of questions or, or what should somebody ask themselves to determine whether they're ready or they, they should consider having a CFO? Because yeah. I'm, I'm really a proponent in the concept of getting the help where you need it. And, and I would actually make the argument that most entrepreneurs, they really need this type of help. <laughs> right. So we have two main programs too. One of them's the recurring where which tier do you want and do you want a CFO on your team long term and does it make sense? Then we've got one where we just deliver what we call foundational results, which any client gets no matter what. If it's like this is all you're getting versus if it's a recurring client, but that's where if you are a foundational result person and that's all you need, that could be you could just be starting out doing your first deal and you could give us a call and we'll give you these things. We'll make sure like your books are set up correctly. We'll make sure that you have like a real estate investing categories in the chart of accounts for like your QuickBooks or anything like that. We'll help implement profit first and give you the dashboard as well too to manage it while you're still small. So that way if money comes in, you're able to know where do I put the money. So we do that for every single client that comes in the door. But then if you're doing multiple deals a year, I would say at least five deals a year, you might qualify then for like the tiers of having a CFO on the team because like I said, we've got tiers as low as where they're once a month and the CFO's coming in to if they're doing a weekly. So five deals and above, we've got different plans for you know people that are doing those types of deals in in their real estate business. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing like what, what are the costs associated with, with this? Type sure. Of so the different tiers are, we've got a thousand a month as our lowest tier. And that's to meet once a month and to still have all the foundational result type stuff to get in there and for the dashboard and updating the dashboard. 1500 is our middle tier, which includes cash flow planning and also uh, marketing returns on spend. So that one's like if you're doing a little bit more deals, that's our middle package, our most popular. Then the top tier is if you're doing a bunch of deals a month that starts at 3000 a month and goes up from there, depending on how big you are, because we're working with some know, big people in the real estate space. So we wanted to have a a program for them as well too, because a lot of them, they want to meet weekly on their level 10. So that's the different tiers of the program that when you work with Simple CFO. Yeah, no, this is, this is a great option. Um, Like you said, uh, up until now, you know, an entrepreneur, if they would want to engage a CFO, I I think I've only run into one other person with uh, this fractional CFO concept. Yeah. And frankly, uh, it was, they were for entrepreneurs and small business, but it, it was kind of, uh, not a good fit because they didn't have any idea of real estate investing. Mm -hmm, Right. That's about 90%, 85, 90% of the people we work with specifically. So we get it. I'm going to actually have to say that is the case, uh, for the most part when it comes to bookkeepers as well. More yes. times than not, um, yeah, it's it's great that they're bookkeepers, but there is some nuances that need to be that they need to be aware of. Oh yeah, because the thing I love about real estate investing is that there's like a thousand ways to make money in it. That also means there's a thousand ways to log something on the back end, but they never tell you that. Like when you get into real estate investing, because obviously when you get into real estate investing, you want to do the deal. Are you going to be wholesaling? buying and holding, fix and flipping, turnkey, subject to, you know, like there's, there's a literally a bunch of different exit strategies that you could do with a property. So 
that's what they don't teach you on the back end is that, yeah, there's also a billion different ways that you could log it in depending on what you're doing. So yeah, don't get me started there because there's definitely a lot of nuances in the real estate investing world when it comes to the numbers and the back end. You know, since it's top of mind, and maybe this is something for the for the bookkeepers, but does your CFOs actively advise regarding um, protection, tax protection, asset protection, any of that type of thing as well? So that's where we have our good auxiliary services, bookkeeping, the CPA. We've got a great partner for that, where it's entity formation, it's the protection, it's the it's the all the tax side to make sure if you don't already have that person in your life, we have that person on our team that we can make sure that that gets done. The CFO is there, though, to more talk to the owner about the business strategy and make sure they have those other pieces because like their lane is, are you paying yourself? Are you is the business growing? Is it putting money in your pocket? And do you have the right connections in this you know, on the financial side. So that's where we have those pieces in place to be able to help the entrepreneur. Right. Okay. Well, I, uh, this has just been a great conversation. It's always such a great time to talk to you and catch up, David. Yeah. Um, before I, I let you go, I wanted to remind everybody again, simplecfo.com. I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes, as well as the link to our past conversation as people I'm sure are going to want to dive into the concept of the profit first method. Yep. Um, I'm a huge fan of this method. And, uh, but um, before I let you go, David, I have a list. Uh, this is new to you. I, I don't think I had rapid fire questions the last time you were on. No, I don't think so. So I, I'm ready. Let's do it. So what one real estate investing myth would you like to bust here today? Ooh, a real estate investing myth that it's <laughs> it's hard to get into it or there's no leads out there. Uh, they're everywhere. There's plenty for anyone out there in the market, even if it feels tough to get a deal. If you learn from the right people, you listen to people like Jack, you listen to these podcasts, they're going to help you find those deals. Another myth too is that you have to sacrifice. You can't pay yourself for years you know, until later on read the profit first book, make sure you know that you don't have to start there. So there's definitely deals out there. And there's also there, you can pay yourself from the beginning. Make sure you don't confuse yourself with Snapchat, Facebook, and that you're going to have these venture capitalists come in and save your butt. You need to make sure that you're setting up your business correctly from the beginning. And that way you're not, you don't feel like you're drowning all the time. Since you've been uh, scaling your, your own business, what is the biggest entrepreneurial or, or small business lesson you've learned over the past year? Oh man, leadership, just being able to work with multiple people, multiple different types of personalities, making sure that you are growing as your business grows. If your business is growing and you've stopped the personal growth, your business will outgrow you and you'll either have to sell or it will revert back to your highest level of self-education and self-mastery. So I would say keep investing in yourself as the as you're investing in your company to grow. In your business, what was the biggest mistake you've made and how did you recover from it? Ooh, the biggest mistake. Man, you're asking the, the real questions here, right? <laughs> so the biggest mistake I've made, probably working with the wrong people. You know, like um, at the beginning when I first started out and I first needed help, I was just, getting help from anyone and anyone that would, you know, (laughs) be able to 
what I perceive to be a good fit for the company or help other people. Well, that didn't go well. You know, like some of them just turned out to be glorified bookkeepers. They weren't really CFOs. So we put in a much stricter process over the last few years of screening out the people that we work with that are CFOs and clients too. Cause we've had some clients come through that are just absolute jerks and like, we don't work with jerks. So like making sure that our screening process on both ends is much more thorough, putting that training in place, making sure that we have the people that we want to work with as CFOs and as clients as well too. Yeah. Awesome. What is uh, one book you'd recommend everybody checking out, um, <laughs> but it can't be your own book and okay. it can't be rich dad, poor dad. Okay. Uh, I would say The Road Less Stupid by <laughs> Keith Cunningham, such a great book, or the his other book too, I highly recommend. They're like, they go hand in hand, The Ultimate Blueprint for an Insanely Successful Business by Keith Cunningham. Okay. I'm going to have to add that to the list. Well, this was a great conversation, David. Is there a question or concept that you wished we would have covered here today? One thing. So if you're listening to this right now, and if the market is still feeling a little bit wobbly wherever you are, expense analysis, this is one thing that sounds super boring, but we've literally, if you do this, it might be one of the highest returns on your time this year that you do, where you take a the last three to six months of your expenses, print them out, which I know sounds awful, but then you mark next to them. Is it P, R, or U? Profitable, replaceable, or unnecessary? If it's profitable, make sure you keep that thing. It is saving you time, money, or it's bringing you in money. Replaceable means that it's not saving you time or money, but you could replace it with something better. Unnecessary means you don't need it at all. Means it's a subscription that you don't need to replace with a better one or you know, a system or maybe a person on the team, You know, like something hard like that. Print those out. Any dollar that you save goes directly to your bottom line and to your pocket. That's the magic between having more top line versus cutting some things on your, you know, in your expenses because those expenses go right to the bottom. A lot of people miss out on that. The craziest story was when someone on our podcast said that they had cut fifty thousand a month. They went from like one ten to sixty thousand in expenses, so they cut six hundred thousand dollars a year just by doing that exercise. P R and U. I'm not going to guarantee those results. Like that was crazy. That's a lot of excess in the budget. So I'm not saying that's going to be every time, but I just hear stories like that over and over again. If even if you save a thousand dollars a month, that's twelve thousand dollars over the year that you could be putting more in your pocket. It's like giving yourself a twelve thousand dollar raise. So like even if you have something that small or even a few hundred dollars, like that's going right to your pocket. So that would be one concept that I want to get out there, especially if you're saying I need to lean back or I need to make sure that we're operating. This will be something that'll help you give you a system to do that. Right. Well, again, simplecfo.com. Really appreciate your time, David. I hope you'll come back again uh, sooner than last time. And I might actually hit you up uh, uh, for something uh, here in the near future. But again, it's simplecfo.com. If you learned at least one actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing, if so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.